From America, things might get pretty strange today. Uh, back on talking with T Bird, as we have a very special guest today, Debbie Wanner will join us, and the woman who has brought us all here together once again, the great Teresa T Bird Cooper. Hey, Rob, how you doing? You're doing great, T Bird. Listen. I love it. Will from America. That song is really, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, hey, I'm liking this. I like it a lot. Yes. This, this new version he did for us. I love it. Yes. What well, do you think? Keeper, well, Good yes, work, Will I, from I America. Like, I thought you loved it, but then I heard from one of our listeners today that you were, that you said you wanted to go back to, you want the, to end the show with you singing. Is that correct or no? No, 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 no. Whoa. Slow down, Lightning. This is what happened. A couple of people reached out to me and said, we want you back on the end of it. Now, yes. they liked the beginning, and I'm like, I don't care. I said, ask Rob. It's, you know, Rob's the man. So, no, the, I love Will's version, and way better than my well, version at the end. what do you want to end the show with? Do you want to end the show with that or end the show with you singing? Well... What do you what do you think? I, I want to do what you want to do, because then people were sending me pictures from there. Like, uh, look, T-Bird said she wants singing back. Well, no, I just I just <laughs> I guarantee if you send whatever picture you said they sent, that's not what I said. I said, well, <laughs> I don't know. It's not on there. You but if tell you want me back, what you want. And I'll, do, I'll do whatever well, you say at the end of the show. I don't want anybody to cut us short because they don't want to hear the song at the end. Add it back on. Add it back on. And then okay. we can always take it back. We can okay, always so change it if people back, say, I just can't do it. You want me to go back to you singing at the end of the show? At the end. At, at the, the end. end. But okay. I want Will right. Yeah, I want Will from America to bring it in. To bring Happy it in. birthday to Will from America. We're recording this on uh, <gasps> Will's birthday today. Happy birthday, Will from America. Yes. What a sweetheart he is. Yes, I have to All send right, you this the song in summer, T-Bird. Yeah. Go ahead. This this is the big day. We got a new Will from America song that we started for season two. We've got a great guest today. You've already said Debbie Donata Warner. I don't know what to say, Rob. We've changed up. We're changing up the way we're doing things here. She's our first new schooler. Yes. We've I know. not had a new schooler the whole time. T-Bird was very where, concerned does- about that. Uh, I said that, okay, put Debbie Wanner on the list. And, and she said, uh, Robert, are, are, are you are you sure? Because she's new school. Like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's okay. No, I mean, it's good. I love her. I love, as soon as you told me that you gave me another list, as soon as you gave me that list and she was on it, I just wanted to make sure you knew she was, she was. No, I know which season she was on. Yeah. Which, of course, I knew, I knew you knew, but I just wanted to make sure because it was kind of going off what we've been doing. So now I just want to make this clear. or I want you to make this clear. Are we open now? We're going to do. We we don't care. There is no old school, new school. We're just going to do. Whoever Anybody we decide, that's we're hard to throw track in there. down. That's who. That's what your that's job right. is. All right. Yeah. 
For years, I All tried right, to so- get Debbie Wanner to come on a podcast with me. Couldn't do it. T-Bird, give her a job. Boom. She's right there. Debbie okay. Wanner. Boom. All right. So from now on, it's going to be that we're tracking down the difficult tracker downers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what that's this show is. Now. Yes. Yes. Okay. Are you telling me just stick with my job description? Because it sounds like that's exactly what you're telling me. Well, I, this is I your don't job description, you, T-Bird. Stick with it. I give you a list of people to track down. And I don't care if they played in season 31 or season 11. It's just if they're hard to track down, then that's who we're looking for. Okay. You got it. Okay. I love it. All right. Fantastic. T-Bird. And the field broadens. The field broadens. Yes. And we had such a great right. response to our last podcast with uh, Heidi Strobel, a.k.a. He- Heidi Hamels. Uh, Heidi's been reposting it on Instagram. So everybody loved uh, our last conversation with Heidi. Yeah, that was great. That was wonderful. That was a good find, too. That was a really good find. And then, yeah. And Tom Westman. Tom Westman. I'm still getting notes from people about Tom Westman. So, yeah. Ooh, I've set the bar pretty. Rob, the bar has been set. Yeah, we're on fire this summer so far. Yeah. We're we're, on fire. We're we're doing great. Okay. So, uh, that's what's coming up here today. Uh, Let me just quickly, before we get to Debbie, uh, take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. And. Those are our friends over at Quip. Uh, T-Bird, let me tell you about Quip because uh, right now we get so many things delivered uh, to our house so people don't have to go out and go to the store, food and drinks and all of these different packages that come. But a lot of people haven't considered getting their dental hygiene products uh, sent to them month after month like they can do with Quip. And Quip is absolutely something that you should check out if dental hygiene is important to you because a lot of us, 75% of people, not me, uh, use old, worn-out bristles that are ineffective, and some people forget to floss daily, uh, not Debbie Wanner, T-Bird. That's right, not Debbie Wanner, that's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she loves dental floss. Uh because good health starts with good habits. Quip makes it easy by delivering all of the oral care essentials you need to brush and floss better. If you want to have good habits like dental hygiene, you just need to make it easy for yourself and all you have to do with Quip is once you subscribe You just forget about it because Quip is going to make sure that you have the brand new brush bristles, the toothpaste, the floss. You never have to worry about running it out and you get to use the ultra uh space age uh i don't know space age still good uh we're past the space age it's it's futuristic the quip toothbrush because it has sonic vibrations with 30 second pulses to give you a a dentist recommended two minute routine and there's even a size down version designed for kids when you when you hold it in your hand it feels like it's something different than a regular boring toothbrush t-bird yeah i wonder if they equip can uh they uh, deliver on the island their oral care essentials. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if they that. deliver to Fiji, uh, but uh, certain, right, well, cer- certainly in the United uh, States. Uh, if you pair it with Quip's anti-cavity toothpaste in mint or watermelon, that's new, uh, you get all the ingredients that teeth actually need and none that they don't. Quip also has eco-friendly, reliable floss uh, with a dispenser that you keep for life uh, and expanding string that helps to clean in between your teeth. Uh, the Quip brush head toothpaste and floss 
floss refills are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5 each. A friendly reminder, when it's time for a refresh, it's a stay commit to your oral health and shipping is free. Join over 3 million happy customers and practice oral care easily and affordably with Quip starting at $25. I have one. It is great. I love the timer. Reminds me to move on from quadrant to quadrant. If you go to getquip.com slash Rob right now, you get your first refill for free. That's your first refill for free at getquip.com slash Rob. That's to spell it out. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Rob. Quip, the good habits company. All right, T-Bird. I see that we have Debbie Wadder on the line. Let's go ahead and bring in Debbie. Take it away, T-Bird. All right. Today, Rob and I are joined by our very first, our very first new school player. And what a guest we have. We were first introduced to this one-of-a-kind girl in season 32, Korong, on the Brains Tribe. And she quickly became a notable, unforgettable character. Korong aired on February 17, 2016. The very next day, February 18th, I sent Debbie a DM that simply said, and I quote, Debbie, what a terrific opening night. What a crazy, wild, colorful, fun character you are. Casting did great putting you on the show, end quote. That was my lasting first impression, which I dare say was spot on. So it was absolutely no surprise that she would be cast just two seasons later on season 34, Game Changers. Debbie has quite a resume, chemist, civil air patrol captain, electronics expert, waitress, part-time model, juggler, actress, dog rescuer, workout enthusiast, voracious reader, reality star, scientist, ballerina, super athlete, gymnast, historian, aficionado, It's a big word for me. And this amazing, empathetic woman is now a caretaker. She is opinionated, tough, loyal, dependable, unique, caring, eccentric, hardworking, determined, lovable, sympathetic, multifaceted. Rob, Rob, please reel me in. Okay, interesting, cerebral, fit, zany, wild, empathetic, colorful, energetic. And once you meet her, you will never forget her. I am thrilled to be introducing Debbie Donata Warner, making her very first appearance on RHAP. Debbie, hello. Hey, T-Bird. It's good to hear from you again. It's great to hear from you, too. We're so thrilled to have you. Yes, and it's great to hear from you, Debbie. I'm so excited that we have a chance to uh, get to talk here. That uh, Debbie, for years, I've wanted to have you back to uh, talk some more on the podcast. Well, it's my pleasure, sir. I am a fan of both of yours. Yes. So, uh, really, my honor. <laughs> okay. Well, it's so nice to have you here. Uh, Debbie, how are you doing? I'm great. I mean, in spite of everything that is going on in this world, I mean, it's always been a crazy world, but in my lifetime, this has to, you know, take the cake. And one of the things that makes a good survivor player, if anybody's listening to try to get on, 
is you better be able to roll with the changes and find the best in, in, in everything. You're looking for that silver lining. So I'm good. Everybody's healthy. And what more could you ask for? Yes. Okay. Well, so nice to have you here so we can uh, get to catch up a little bit. Uh, that was some introduction from T-Bird, right? That was amazing. I mean, she even pronounced aficionado right. So that's a great word, isn't it? I, I love good words. Aficionado. She didn't say quixotic, but um, yeah, you know what? Life is a fascinating gem to me. And it's like the, in The Lion King when Elton John wrote, there's more to be seen than can ever be seen, more to do than can ever be done. And I just want to tiptoe through the tulips, taste the oysters. You know, I find most things fascinating besides professional sports, but that's just me. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's a fascinating world. So, Debbie, you referenced the Lion King. So, so Rob, this is a great way for me to segue into the, the tiger, your one-piece bathing suit that was so popular. Well, my oldest daughter's name is Jade, and her nickname is Tiger because at a very young age, she was a just a wonderful human being, and she wanted to save tigers. She understood how threatened they were and wh- how people killed them for their skin, for their ligament, you know, tiger's bones can cure arthritis, whatever. And she became a little Save the Tiger advocate. It's her nickname. And I wore that in honor of her and to bring hopefully some awareness to their plight. There's more tigers alive in zoos than there are in the wild. You know, it wasn't even a thought of mine that it was fitting with the jungle cutthroat gameplay of Survivor. That was an afterthought. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I'm glad it brought some attention to tigers. <laughs> yeah, before even right, before Tiger there you King. Go. Yes, yes. Yeah, before yeah. Tiger King. Yeah, how about it? Yeah, uh, Debbie, we got to see a couple of the people that you played with uh, in your past seasons recently compete in Survivor 40. I-, I would love to get your opinion on how Michelle did on Survivor 40 and Sarah too. Well, Michelle did spectacular, and for a long time, I've had a problem with critics because it's very easy to walk into a restaurant, eat a meal, and say the chef did a 2.5 out of 4. When you're on the line, when you're out there on national television, and people sit back and usually anonymously pick you apart, it really annoys me. So I will reiterate this point. I was there in Korong. Michelle played a very good game. Some of it you got to see on TV. Most of it you did not. And I was exceedingly proud of her in Winners at War. She is a wonderful human being. I've been to her home. I've met her family, met her out. She's kind. She's fun. She's a hard, hard worker. And I said to her, you know, Michelle, when I first met you, you would have been the last person I would have picked. And she would have. Can't start a fire. Don't really know how to camp. And and look at what she's accomplished. So I'm not a make fun, put down people. I'd rather find something in common and let's build each other up. So Michelle did great. And had I been at Winners of War, I think I would have given, given her another vote. Yes. Yes. That girl fought. 
fought yep. like hell. She did. Yeah. All right. Now, what about Sarah? Well, now I love Sarah. I do. And we were very, very close, actually, in Game Changers. We slept in a hammock all the time. So I can honestly say I have slept multiple times with Sarah Lucina, another hard worker, another person who I just find so much admirable in, you know, Midwestern, small town, probably, you know, close knit. And she embraced everybody. Sarah doesn't have um, T-Bird. There's a bird sitting on my shoulder. So I think he just said hello to you, fellow Wait, bird person. So oh, and he just whistled at you. You, have a, you have literally but, have a bird sitting on your shoulder? I, I do. I have Merlin. I have a rescue parrot. Don't I squeak? Yes. And I think he just gave T-Bird and you the cat call, the old, hey, that's a little bit, you buddy. Yeah. But um, <laughs> love them first. And I... I Sarah said something at Winners, um, which I've always felt and probably said, but she talked about the difference between men and women. And, and there's two things that got me on Survivor. One is, I said, uh, when I got to the executives, I asked them a question right off the bat. What is the worst thing you can be on TV? 30 people, nobody has an answer. I said, Jesus Christ, you people are CBS executives and you don't know? I said, it's boring because people change the channel. You lose ratings, you lose sponsors. And the other thing I noted with that was there was only one woman in that entire room of the top, top executives. And I said, and how do these guys make you feel when they tell me that a woman out here is old at 35? Oh, but the guys aren't old until they're 55. So when Sarah called out the way men play and are judged and women play are judged, made me respect her all the more if that was possible. But there certainly is a double standard, and I don't know if it's ever going to go away. So I love Michelle, love Sarah, um, only hope the best for them. Okay. Oh, so Debbie, and Debbie, so what, is, what did you think about Tony's game? I know he was voted off second during Game Changers, so I don't know how much time you got to spend with him or got to know him. Did you expect that he would have gone all the way to the end at Winners at War? I was surprised because I always saw Tony as a, a big threat, and the way it was edited, he came across as a big threat. But something in him could convince other people that he had their back, he wasn't a huge threat, so... Did I peg him to win? You know, I, I had him in my top five. I really did. But um, that he pulled it off while backstabbing people, you know, and them knowing it again and again, I was surprised that they didn't go after him and Sarah. Look, the first thing you go after is a couple. And everybody knew they were a tight too. So it surprised me the other people didn't turn on him. But he won their trust. Yeah. Debbie, did you get to spend any time with Tony when you went to the finale of Game Changers? Oh, you know, we spent very little time. We did talk. We all talked. You guys know that back in the green room. So, yeah, we talked. And he is a live wire. You know, some of that old myelin sheath came off those nerves, and he's just flying spark. But people love that, that high energy. Tony reminds me of me the first time because he wanted to have fun out there. Look, you guys know how tense it is. Those anxiety ridden people, they're paranoid. It wears you down to have that comic relief 
to have something to laugh about is awesome. And that may be a good reason to keep Tony around because he breaks that tension. So, yeah, we talked and I found him very much like his edit. Likeable. Fun. And you know what? You you just make something interesting that I just thought about. You said something after Korong, you were in an interview before Game Changers. And you said in the interview that you would play, if you played again, you would play Boulder. Did you play Boulder when you played in Game Changers? Game Changers different? Did you play any differently than you played in Korong? You know, I think I did. One of the factors that goes into people when they play, look, Rob played twice. Correct me if I'm That's wrong, right. but you almost made it. Didn't you make it to the end in, um, I think you were in Amazon. Yes. It was early, early, yes. like 03. Okay, so you you made it to the but you played again, and you were one of the first people out, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, Debbie, you didn't have to bring up so, that part of the story. Yeah. Well, you, I, I think I want to contrast who you play with and where you are at in your personal life, like what baggage you bring to. And now I'm almost 55. And I still have more issues than National Geographic, (laughs) like most people. Yes. But what you bring with you to the game and who you are playing with are huge, huge factors. So the first time I played, I was like, hey, holy shit. I actually, hey, can I swear? Go for it. Um, (laughs) Hey, I actually made it. You know, I'm here. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to play good. And then the second time, I just was too gung-ho or something. Mm -hmm. I just was set in my mind and and lacked flexibility so did i play different i don't i probably did i had a different way of looking at the game well you still made it i mean so the first time you played you made it to day 24 on korong and then on game changers you made it to day 26 right about the same is that unusual rob that she would have been pretty much the same on both uh, it, it happens from uh, time to time, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's interesting that you feel like that you have more uh, criticism of the second time that you play Debbie. Well, I had a lot going on um, in in my own life that weighed on me, mm-hmm. and I don't know that I was completely head in that game. Yeah, yeah. Did did you enjoy in as far as the enjoyment? Did you enjoy Korong more than Game Changers? I, I think I did, and one of the main reasons is we were a really close knit group on the Brains Tribe. I genuinely liked everybody, and we had you know while we were on our own little beach there, we we sat up and chattered about everything, watched the stars, noted how different they were. They were a group of smart people. I was the dummy out of that group, by the way. But just being able to talk about philosophy, physics, you know, astronomy with a group of of people was really cool. And the game didn't really kick in until even when we knew we had to vote somebody out. It it was unanimous. And there was an Mm -hmm. obvious reason. We voted out somebody who was allergic to shellfish, you guys. Mm-hmm. And she had broken out. You know, there was all kinds of medical issues. So I really enjoyed myself. I'll tell you what, when you get a bunch of winners together or former players, cutthroat, cutthroat, cutthroat. You can't trust anybody for 15 minutes. 
Yeah, that's how Rob, Game Changers agree, was. You agree yeah. with that, Rob? You I agree mean, with that, Rob? Uh, I find that that's not uncommon, that uh, a lot of survivors say that they had fun the first time that they played, and they, they many survivors go back, even though a lot of survivors really like uh, clamor to go back, that very few people, except maybe the winner of the returnee season, I'm sure Sarah Lucina had a nice time, but very few people uh, really like enjoy their second time that they go back. Yeah, well, now they know the blowback that they're going to get. I'm not a huge social media. Actually, I'm the minimalist on social media. But the hate, vitriol, and absolute asinine comments I've seen, uh, you know, directed at some people, um, it's absurd is what Mm -hmm. it is. So they know that they're going to get that blowback, that, that ultra, ultra criticism, and that's no fun for anybody. Yeah. So I, I try to be supportive, kind to everybody in every aspect of my life, even though I too can be a wanker. <laughs> However, um, they know that's coming. Yeah. Debbie, I would love to go back to your origin story uh, with Survivor, that you've impressed me yes. with your knowledge of my own personal Survivor history. Were you a longtime Survivor fan before you ended up participating on the show? You know, I was. So the backstory is simple. My kids had to read books because I wasn't going to let them play games and watch TV. So they had a violin, drums, piano, viola, and they had to read books and they had to write little book reports. That's how they made money. And if they answered the final question on Jeopardy, they got five or ten dollars, depending on how hard I thought it was. Wow. So they read The Lord of the Flies and they said, Mom, we're watching this show because they could watch some TV. And they said, it's Lord of the Flies. I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, uh, you know, they're like killing each other. And they said, yes, symbolically. So I watched, I think, uh, the second season a little bit. And I was like, wow. And they said, mom, you got to audition because you're like this tough old thing. (laughs) And you would be good. So the first time I sent in an audition tape, they called me and I interviewed in New York. Mm-hmm. So that was it. And then we just renegotiated and kept in touch over years until it worked out. Yeah. What did so you send in daughter. on your audition tape? I got to know what well, you sent in on your I, audition tape, Debbie. Yeah, that it, it was really funny because the kids were little. I'm trying to make a tape. Um, I, I'm down in the basement. I have a, a just a little workout area. And... I I start talking and the kid's like, I can't find my backpack. The phone is ringing. The dog is barking. Everything is going on. And I finally just blast into the camera. Okay. My life is already hectic. I am a multitasker juggler, found the book bag, answered the phone, let the dog out. And that's why I'll be good because on survivor, it appears you have to be on your toes 24 seven. And it was just totally spontaneous with all this chaos going on around me. And it worked. It worked. (laughs) So you got cast on 32, but you started, are you telling me you started sending in an audition tape back for season three? Yes, I did. Did you send any more tapes in or did they contact you on and off periodically? Both. They contacted me off and on and I was sometimes asked to to make additional tapes and sometimes just sent them in for open casting calls because, you know, if you have one 
fishing line in the water, well, maybe you'll catch a fish. But if you've got 50 lined up on the dock, your odds increase. Mm -hmm. So persistence pays off, and you have to do that. You know, what do they say about a shotgun? You can hit the broad side of a barn, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to do what you can do without being obnoxious. So if people, again, if you're trying to get on the show, don't be obnoxious and bug casting. It won't work. If they call you and ask you, send in a tape. But don't send in 10 tapes, you know. It, it, it just, so I was persistent, but in a respectful way. I can't believe that they had you in the casting mix for uh, so long that they, they would take yeah. you. Uh, what, what was the disconnect? Why didn't they see that you were going to be great TV, Debbie? Well, you know, a lot of people apply for Survivor, and mm-hmm. some people are more high profile. I mean, there was a while where everybody was actually being cast from casting, like they were going out and recruiting people. So you want somebody that's made it to the Olympics or the NFL or whatever. You know, you want some people that you know maybe a little bit better. You guys don't have to be told that you get people out there. There's people who quit a lot, yeah. a lot more than people actually know. And there's people, one girl shows up and she quits on location. So if you know people, you can kind of hedge your bets, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it was. I mean, I, I think the average number of audition tapes they used to get, it's like 50,000. It's huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And if you're persistent, they know you want to play. Yeah. So I think it only worked to my favor. Debbie, would you do three times the yeah. charm? Would you Would you go back again? And if you did go back again, would you do anything differently? You know, I would play again, and I'll be 55 this year. And I, I have to say, I am now reaching the point where I start to understand that, that my body says, hey, you can't go as hard, you can't go as far. And I think that I have a good social game, and the fact that I made it to the merch twice is proof of that. It wasn't luck. So I make good relationships with people and work hard. I, I'm, I'm, I bust butt. So it's the it's the it's the long haul drain. I would have to gain weight. I would have mm-hmm. to trust my gut when I. You know, just get that feeling about somebody, you know, I don't cut track, but you got to trust your instinct and then, um, you know, really have to suck up the agony. And that, everybody listening, is, is a very good term to describe Survivor, especially after the merge. It's called agony. A-G-N-Y. I'm trying to do it with respect like Aretha Franklin. It is agony. And please, T-Bird, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong if you guys didn't suffer from some of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no joke. Did you? Did you, Rob? Did you think it was really hard? Because you made it near the end. Was Uh, it tough on you? Yeah, I mean, it certainly is very is very hard uh, physically. You know, I was uh, 24 when I went to uh, near right. the, near the end that time. So uh, I don't know. As a you know a, a real grown up now, uh, I, I don't know right. uh, necessarily what the toll would be like now. And how about mentally? 
how tough did you think it was mentally? You know, it was very tough, but honestly, I feel like that I had more mental anguish the time I didn't do as well. I felt like that uh, I I didn't feel like I had a lot of mental anguish uh, the time I went out and and did well. It was uh, losing uh, earlier that I had much more mental anguish with. Yeah, tough stuff. Tough stuff it is. Somebody has to go first, second, third, and it, 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 it is really hard. But again, it's also the people you're playing with. Mm-hmm. And now, for the most part, we know each other. Yes. A lot of us know each other. And Debbie, I was going to say for me, so I played in Africa uh, at 40. You did. So I was 40. So physically, believe it or not, physically, I didn't find it to be difficult. Emotionally, very difficult and and psychologically that was the really difficult part for me played in the toughest geographical location survivor has ever filmed in and you're saying that to the person who almost had a heat stroke and watched somebody have a heat stroke in co-rong when caleb had to be medevac Mm -hmm. but africa your lack of water we had ocean breezes you played in the toughest place ever girl you did and i applaud well, you it, well okay, Debbie, ignorance is bliss i mean i had nothing i had nothing <laughs> yeah. to compare it to so when you you don't have any i was just happy to be there i was just happy to be there right so and you did good you did really good uh, all right you have said that you thought that you relate that you can relate your game most i read earlier with coach Period. You said coach, period. Does that still stand true for you? Is that the one, is that the player you most identify with? Well, you know, (laughs) (laughs) wow. In my head, whenever I hear coach, I just hear, here comes the coach. I love that. Oh guy. God, Debbie! Debbie, I gotta redo I, my I intro. I just love Coach. Yeah, that's because I have a parrot now running up and down my arm. But Coach is just the larger-than-life character who you want to hang out with. At least I do. And here's why: he had fun. He tried to lift people up instead of tearing them down. He was okay making an ass out of himself, and he knew he was. Coach can laugh at himself. So that's what I liked about him. He was an older guy going out there saying, you know what, screw it. I'm going to have fun. I don't care what people have to say about it, and I'm going to do my best. And I really admire that. So is he, with all these new seasons that have played, is there anybody that you think you also relate to? Other than coach? Uh, you know, I, uh, let's see. Because I've got somebody in mind. Rob, do you have anybody in mind for Debbie? Because I do. Uh, who is that? Well, let's see who Debbie says first and let you, you okay. got to guess too. You know, I don't. There's a lot of the okay. women there, like Janet, who, older, tough you know, went out there, wasn't afraid to show the world, hey, this is me. So I, I like Janet. I liked um, Elaine a lot, a lot. Yep. yep. Um, but as far as people reminding me of me, I think the closest really that comes to being self-deprecating 
you know, willing to laugh at yourself. It, it truly is, Coach. Well, what do you think, T-Bird? All right, Nora. Because Nora just was out yeah. there and she just had fun with it. And it's like, yes. I kept saying every week, I'm like, oh my God, she looks like she she could stay out there forever. She's having fun. And I'm like, that reminds me of Debbie. Well, let me ask a little bit of a difference because I think that that's interesting that uh, you, you talk about Coach, whereas I feel like that Coach, that, and I've t- had many conversations uh, with, with Coach, and you know he is uh, you know a wonderful person to talk to about the game, but Coach would tell you that he, when he went on Survivor, would really play up the character of Coach. And uh, I yeah. find that with Nora, when and I've had great conversations with Nora also, but I don't think that Nora is playing the character of Nora. Correct. Uh, and it sounds like, the, to me, from what we're talking about, Debbie, that uh, you feel like that uh, you knew the worst thing you can be on a TV show is boring. And, and you are playing right. up more of a character when you are on Survivor. Correct. More so than this is the authentic Debbie that we got to see the entire time. Well, and and that's very true. The authentic me was the person forming great relationships, making camp life good, and, um, you know, building those bonds, bust and butt. Coach is right, and I know that about him, that you have to go out there and be the character. Look, they don't invite the boring people back. Whereas the difference between Nora, Coach, and myself, I think, is we recognize that we're playing a game on TV. I think Nora's Nora. And don't get me wrong, she was fun, but she had a lot of those over-the-top moments that were just totally, I don't know, Woodstockish. Uh, just, she's a lot more wild than I am. That's for sure. Okay. What do you think, Rob? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Debbie. 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 No, I'm gonna. Debbie, I love you. Much respect. I've got to say, I loved your character the very first night it aired. You were out there. You were colorful. I say you were like one of the biggest characters that have ever been out there. I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that, and that is a very big compliment. Well, thank you. But I distinctly remember you, T-Bird. I do. Distinctly. No, this isn't about me. You. No, this isn't about this is about you. This is about you. So, <laughs> okay. Anyway, okay, so let let well, me ask you, you this. Did you think it, I think if I'm and Rob, you correct me cuz Rob's good with this and you too, Debbie. Aubrey, I think orchestrated your blind side in Co-Wrong. Did you think that you could work with Aubrey in Game Changers? Did you think y'all could come together and work something there? when you realized she was going to be out no. here? No, I didn't. Right off the bat, I, I knew no. it wouldn't happen. Yeah. And and in, in uh, Game Changers, Aubrey was really the underdog. And, you, you know, you, you could feel it. You can feel, you know, when people are the outcast, and you know you're when you're the outcast. I did extend her an olive branch. I was kind. I mean, I just don't have it in me to be like, you know, oh, F you and, not even for TV. I try not to do that to people, but um, I knew that we couldn't because that controversy surrounding Michelle's win mm-hmm. over Aubrey and the way it was edited was just 
it compounded her maybe feeling cheated because then it was validated by 50 million comments out there on the internet. So I think that she became valid in her feelings of being ripped off and she knew I didn't vote for. Mm -hmm. So no, I did not think that we could work together or she would want to work with me. I didn't think that I could trust her. Debbie, I would love to hear some of your stories from your life that we got like little snippets of it uh, in your survivor experience. And I know that the show definitely had fun with like all of the different occupations that you had. But uh, I just think that you're such an interesting person. Uh, I I would love to know more of the uh, pre-survivor Debbie that we only got glimpses of. Uh, I know you've talked about uh, many different things that you've uh, done. Like meeting presidents and uh, prime ministers, do do you have any stories that you could share with us that I'm sure must be fascinating? So the prime minister was Margaret Thatcher, and her I adored. A woman that climbed her way to the top of that. So she she was in my book. Uh, Senators, you know, I I have a political interest, shall we say? Mm -hmm. So um, you know, I've also met people on Skid Row who I've helped up or given $10 or said, Hey, you know, can't you get yourself into a shelter? I, I, I treat the janitor like I treat the Senator. Everybody is worthy of respect. So I am one of six Debbie, David, Donna, Diane, Danny, and Ralph. And my dad was t- almost 25 years older than my mom. So needless to say, it didn't work out well. And I really didn't have the kind of direction most I hope most people get, most kids get. So I kind of had to discover what I loved on my own. And I knew that I loved animals and wanted to be a veterinarian, but that financial backing, that stability wasn't there for me to do it. So that morphed into just rescuing them, working with them and doing what I could. And, um, you know, chemistry is pretty easy to me. So that kind of science just came to the wayside. But look, I feel so sorry for your generation, Rob, because you guys have lived through the attack on 9-11, mm-hmm. the housing collapse of 07. You may remember the tech bust of, of uh, you know, what, late 90s. You guys have really seen the crap. You know, you got stuck with the student loans. Now you've got this. So mm-hmm. through all those things where people have had to find jobs, reinvent themselves, I'm just one of those people that sees an opportunity, takes it, whether it's a Tasty Cake commercial, an M. Night Shyamalan, yeah, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe this is cool. I just find so many things fascinating that I give it a try. And Debbie, first of all, thank you, because I, I feel like uh, the, you might be uh, underestimating my age, so I appreciate that uh, quite a bit, Debbie. Um could you talk okay. can you talk about okay. your uh, love of the Boston Terriers? Yeah. Here stands one, the squirrel killer there. Hey, buddy. Um, They're the first breed of American dog. As you guys know, people's history is so bad today, so I'm going to say this. America became America in 1776. Prior to that, we were British. So everything that happened previous to 1776 was because we were under King George III. We fought the Revolutionary War, and we won and became America. In Boston, they sadly had a little breed of dog. It was the Staffordshire Terrier and the now extinct White Terrier. 
terriers came out of the bubonic plague. The plague was carried by, on a rat, which carried a flea, which carried the, the plague. So they bred these little fearless dogs to kill the rat. And the Boston Terrier was bred in America, obviously Boston, and looks like it's wearing a tuxedo. Sadly, they fought them, but they also used them to kill rodents. So it's Mm -hmm. the first American breed of dog. And they're just lovable, tough, good-looking, hypoallergenic, (laughs) Um, just good good little dogs. Did you have one uh, when you were growing up? I didn't. I had German Shepherd, which I love, but they're too damn hairy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I love them all. I actually Rottweilers, the bigger breeds, but I drive Volkswagens. I drive smaller cars. I like these little compact dogs <laughs> that can run a half marathon. They can't keep up with T-Bird, who probably still runs marathons. I know that about you, girl. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're, they're sturdy little dogs. Hey Debbie, I want to ask you: Are you still are you still wearing Chanel number no. five? Sometimes, yeah, that was my mother's, and and both my mom and my dad passed away, so that was my mom's. That was my mom's perfume, and yes, I think scent is a very powerful reminder. So, so yeah, I do on occasion. Would have liked to take right. a damn bottle there, by the way, because you know what? We all stink. No denying well, I, it. We I know stink. you. Yes, and you mentioned that if you could take three things on the island, you take Chanel number no. five, which I figured might have been something from your from your past. <laughs> dental, dental floss, dental floss, and then as Rob was talking, a big stuffed Boston Terrier. But you did say yeah. there was other than other than cleaning your teeth, there are multiple uses for dental floss. So please let all the fans listening when they get cast for Survivor what they can do with dental floss. Oh my God. You guys have never seen Austin Powers. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> he uses it as a rope. I mean, he does all kinds of things with dental floss. Well, actually you can sew out there, your clothing rips. You can make a needle with a pointed, you take a, you just take a stick, burn it till it comes to a point and drill a little hole. So now you can sew your clothing. You can use it to tie things together, which comes in very handy in the wilderness when you're trying to build a shelter or whatever. So, plus, you know, one of the worst things out there is not being able to brush your teeth to me. So, I like clean teeth. But, yeah, dental floss, multipurposes. Go watch Austin Powers. (laughs) Uh, Debbie, how did you get started juggling? I, I went to a Shakespearean festival. Yes. And nobody was at this roped off area with two guys juggling, and it was $1, learn to juggle. Mm-hmm. So I paid my $1, and I stayed in there for four hours. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Nobody wanted to learn to juggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just another thing that I thought as a kid was cool besides Shakespeare. You know, I, I dressed up my kids one time. Um, I, I, actually, I, I, I like I would have been a guy because the, the, the queen's dress weighed like 60 pounds, real Queen Elizabeth dresses. So um, did I dress like that? Yeah, but as a guy with the tights. 
Yes. Because I'm so flat chested, it's actually difficult sometimes to tell that I am a girl, so I can easily pass for a guy, I assure you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I love Shakespeare right. too. Hey, Debbie, tell me about when you got to go on the cruise with John Cochran. Tell me your first thoughts when you saw him. What did you take away from that? Was that I would think that would have been a very, very memorable moment for you. Oh, my God. Listen, so you guys knew by then what exile was like. Oh, okay. No tribe for you. Off on your own. You know, you're literally thinking, all right, I'm going to hell. Maybe not that bad because, you know, but I I'm going to hell. And I see this ship. And as soon as I saw that freaking yacht, I knew, I knew that I was going to get these plush accommodations mm -hmm. and I can't stop laughing because, and then I see a plate of food and then I see these coolers and I think, oh my God, nobody's going to think it. Nobody's going to, I'm not going to tell anybody. And I didn't. So I'm eating like a freaking pig. I'm sleeping in this hammock by the ocean, and then I see a little boat. And you know what? I saw his hair. Mm -hmm. And I was like, cool. The only person, and yes, I'm going to say it, that I would have liked to have more than Cochran probably would have been Coach. Because I just like them as human beings. And But Cochran, I think, was one of the most sensitive souls I had ever seen play Survivor. Like, I could literally see his discomfort and his anguish and and can you imagine him like having to defend himself against i i don't know a a, a, a robber and and hurt anybody i don't know that he has it in him and the way he was you know dawn psychiatrist yes. and just so caring Wait, I, did, I just did felt for cochran so. get robbed at some point no, I'm saying, could you no. imagine, even if somebody was breaking into his home to rob him, I just can't imagine him, like, shooting somebody to even <laughs> No, I can't imagine himself. that, yeah. Yeah, you just yeah, can't. This kind guy who needs an SPF of 75. Yes. All right. Yeah. Rob, I don't start that rumor, right now. Mm -hmm. Carrying on. So in the meantime, Rob's starting rumors him, about John Cochran. And uh, the reason I didn't go in and, like, give him this huge, enormous hug, as you guys know, it's weird, disgusting, mm -hmm. but we had a really nice time and, um, I was glad that I was able to tell him that I was a, an admirer. I liked that he played the game with some humanity and, um, just thought he was an all around decent human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then that was a fun moment in that season. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. You guys, that was awesome. I told no one. Mm -hmm. No one. Yeah. I actually know. I actually know that is absolutely true that she know that she told no one because I got a story about that for later. But Debbie, how long did you stay with him? How actually? How long were you there with him? Maybe an hour, an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he gave very you know good advice. Keep your mind straight. And one of the things that I truly believe not only happens to me, I think it was Dominic who uh, said it the best. Dominic, who um, was in love with Wendell, that great photo of him looking at yes. him with those adoring eyes. I love that picture. You know, he said, hey, I can do puzzles, but my mind, you know, people will go my mind. Look, your brain needs glucose to function. And when your body is literally in starvation mode, there isn't any. And we're not out there getting, you know, high nutritious food and 
to think what you want, it's a lot easier to catch a fish with proper gear and a boat. So, you know, your brain goes and you just don't think as quick, as clear, as cognizant. So he told me, you know, try to keep your brain clear. Try to, you know, look at all angles. And I, I know that I, I failed to do that at some point. But he had great advice. He wanted me to, um, you know, make my pick with the three things I got to pick from, which I respected. It was my choice to make. And uh, I liked the way I chose. Did, have you stayed in touch or have you talked to him again since then? Did you ever have any more contact with Cochran? You know, it's been minimal, but I always try to send him messages of a good cheer and hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a question, Rob. Can I ask you a question? Oh, go ahead. Yes, please, please. When when it comes to people playing the game and these critics being so, you know, critical, d- 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 until you played, you really don't know. But why was it that you actually did so bad the second time around in second chances? Was it the people that you were playing with? What happened with you? Yes. Uh, well, I, I will uh, revisit this uh, this sensitive subject with you, Debbie. Uh, that <laughs> for me, no, oh, come on. Are you that touchy no, about no, it? No, I really, you're, you're, I, I don't joking. care. You're, you're <laughs> kidding. First of all, it, okay. it was like uh, 400 years ago, uh, but uh, we can talk about that. So that I played in the first season where they brought people back, and I really didn't think about like, oh, that I was going to be targeted because I was somebody who was uh, newly coming off of a, a, a season. And I had just played that. That's similar to you that I, I played two times in a very short period of time. I played on season six and season eight. Yeah. So I really didn't think about like, Oh yeah, I just went very far in season six. So people are going to vote me off uh, because I didn't, uh, because I had gone far in season six. I thought that it was like, Oh, okay. Well, if I, if uh, I play badly in season okay. eight, people will vote, people will vote me off. And so, uh, it didn't even occur to me that like, oh, no, people won't yeah. even give me a chance here in season eight. I also was blindsided by the fact that we played in uh, small tribes, that there had never been tribes of yeah. six before, like you started off in uh, Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn. And I I was on a tribe yep. with, with Boston Rob and Amber, who fell in love before right. my eyes. And basically, they were two. And it was, you know, everybody else just got on board with, uh, like, what Robin Amber wanted. And I and I was one of them. I was like, okay, sure, I'll go with Robin Amber. And Robin Amber felt like, okay, well, get, let, let's get rid of this guy. And uh, that was it. And everybody voted for me, and I was unanimously gone. And uh, that I, I didn't play great, uh, and I didn't see it coming. And so uh, that was that, Debbie. Yeah, and I think that that season was was the beginning of the don't ever let a couple last so again that people mm-hmm. in winners at war let sarah and tony go so far together really really surprised me but again um a testament to their ability to garner that much trust and faith so you know and on that point if i could ask you another question so when you went and that was second chances and it was all those returning players yes. what was the level of relationships outside the game because you guys know we all know each other now we're down there you know give kids the world or Mm -hmm. this benefit or this premiere show was that going on back then Yeah. so in survivor all-stars yep i mean people really know each other and t-bird can speak to this also because there were what when i mean when t-bird played there were what 48 
people that had played Survivor, and then by the time I played, that right. there were what ninety five or ninety six people that had played Survivor. So yeah, you knew people, and you weren't as connected because the technology wasn't there yet. But like, you really knew these right. people because they, they were there was under a hundred people that had ever played the game before. Yeah, true. Very good point. Yeah. So I think that, and people, I think, not just know each other, but I think that people had more authentic, r- real relationships with people because they had spent, you know, more times True. together and uh, that, you know, tra- traveling and, and being at like, uh, and not just give kids the world, but there was like, um, T-Bird, I, I don't know about uh, for you, but uh, there, were, there were like multiple events that people would go to together, right? Uh, oh, yeah, lots. Yes, there was. Yeah. So there was like a lot of so that's a, nights on the phone. Right. Yeah. That's an aspect that also changes the game today. Yeah. So it's much more common to, um, you know, know that people are going to come back and know that that's part of it. Whereas in, in that particular season, it was a little bit more like, uh, okay, well, these are people I actually know in real life and I'm going out to go play on a survivor season together. So, uh, it was definitely, uh, you know, new ground, uh, that we were getting into on, uh, on survivor. And boy, I I wish I knew some of the things I know now, Debbie. (laughs) Well, you know what, kiddo, you look like you're doing all right for yourself. So we all think that it's, it's kind of a relief to hear somebody say that besides me, but I I, I don't want to, I don't want to break your heart, but I got to tell you, I'm 55 almost, and I still say that. Damn, I wish I knew, you know, now I know how much I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Have fun along the way, and you look like you're having pretty much fun. So Yes. Um, I'm, I'm glad for that. Yeah, we get to have a lot of fun uh, talking about all of these shows. De- Debbie, I would love to know just like a little bit more about like, uh, you know, when you're not doing Survivor, like what what kinds of things yeah. do you like to do in your spare time? What are some of your hobbies? Well, I, I really like to work out and I don't even consider it a hobby. I like to like T-Bird. It, it's a way of life, isn't it, girlfriend? Absolutely. It's it's, it's my a, medicine. It, it's it's my mental yeah. mental medicine. Uh, I'm with her. I love it. Well, what's your workout, Debbie? Yeah, I, I I enjoy working out. I like engaging in these animal rescue efforts. Like the parrot was a surprise, but it's it's working. He flies around my entire house, you guys. He has the run. He's never in a cage. He flies in the shower to take a bath. He's hysterical. And I do like the dog rescue. Um, so I will volunteer for any dog rescue event that there there is. Um, I enjoy playing the piano. I do it sadly. My daughter's a really good violin player, but I try. So, so I do enjoy music very much. And I am, uh, I'm a history buff, so I can read a book in a day and a half, two days. And I'm currently watching The Men Who Built America on the History Channel. Those are probably my favorite things to do. Read a really good historical, preferably biography. I love to work out. I like to be with my animals. And, um, yeah. Oh, and I'm in Civil Air Patrol. So I'm still in the Civil Air Patrol. That's Wednesday nights, but it's a lot more. I really am a captain, and we are the auxiliary branch of the United States Air Force. My daughter is active duty Air Force. Um, She's in Lackland, Texas right now. So what the auxiliary does is inland search and rescue. 
if anybody goes missing, we get dispatched by, by the Department of Homeland Security or the Department of Defense to go set up a search and rescue team and we go look for people and downed aircraft. That's our purview. She's amazing. Rob, I told you she's amazing. No, she's amazing. you guys are amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, you're amazing. Hey, Debbie. So, Debbie, you, I see you lost 92 pounds. When you played on Korong, is that right? What did you, you lose? You must have been been ninety two pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went down to ninety two pounds. Yeah, at one down, point. that's what I meant. Yeah. What about game changers? Because yeah. you were out there about the same amount of time on both games. Did you lose about the same amount of weight both both times you played? No, because I was on that ship eating like a horse for three <laughs> days. As a matter of fact, Doctor Joe said to me. I think you're the only person who has never lost weight in this game. You were on yeah. the ship for three days? You were on the ship for three days? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. I, I missed that part. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you came well, off. So when you, you came off weighing the same thing as when you started? Yep, 115. Yep. So I, I didn't realize that. So, that yeah, I knew Cochran was only there for a short while, but you were on the boat the whole time. I was. And and that's the thing of the edit that you guys know. And this is why you guys are not harsh to people. You know, you understand that a, a, a show is edited for your entertainment purposes. You know, here we are now. Entertain me. So, yeah, I was there for three days. I ate a whole chicken like <laughs> as soon as I was. I, mean, I ate so much food. I was like a freaking double back camel yes. loaded to cross the Sahara. I really was. Now, were you wary at all, Debbie, after what had happened with your friend uh, Joe Del Campo in Survivor Co. Wrong when he went on that reward late in the game? No. Joe was 72. (laughs) I was was 52. Or I I don't even know if I was 52 at that point. No. I wasn't. And I don't eat. Debbie. Much red meat, so my choices were very fiber and uh, gastronomically <laughs> friendly. Yes. yes, Debbie, you were only forty nine at Corong. Don't don't tell us that you were fifty. You were forty nine. Oh, 49. But when well, on this was game changer. Game changer. Yeah. yeah, I had to be in my fifties. Yeah. Do you still keep in touch yeah. with Joe? Um, sporadically, he does. Um, Yorkshire. Yes, he is. A, he is also a, a dog lover. He is. Yep, he does terriers too. So let's see. The person I probably talked to the most, well, there for a while, it was Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, Wendell, you know, Jervis. We're like the Philadelphia area. Um, you know, Mama C, Carolyn Rivera, mm-hmm. who lost her husband, God rest his soul. I mean, it was such a tragedy. Yes. So some of uh, those people. Um, I loved Bradley. I hope I say his name right. Bradley Clee. Yeah, out in LA. Yes. He's an attorney now. Yes, Clyde. Love that kid. Love that kid. So, um, you know, but like you were saying earlier, I think there's over 500 of us yeah. now who have played. T Bird's one who just touched my heart. We, you know, had a lot in common, and I love, I love her. Just do. So. It gets harder to stay in, contr- uh, you know, in touch because life gets busier. But um, I guess I have more of a connection with the people in the Northeast. Yeah, makes sense. How about you? How about you guys? Who are you close? To? Rob, you're close to everybody. You, <laughs> well, that's why you can't play yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get to talk to everybody, uh, which which is nice. Yeah, you do. Which is nice. 
Okay, how about this? How about Rob tells us who the real wankers are? Oh, the dun 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 dun. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, you know why I, I don't do that because then I, I that it's like Beetlejuice, uh, Debbie. If I talk about them, I'm then they'll then kidding. they'll be back and I'll be on the phone with them tonight. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I, I know you couldn't. I I don't want to put you on the spot either, Debbie. I already have a do not call list when we're setting up talking yeah. with T Bird. Oh, Rob, I had to say it. I had to say it because people find it interesting. It's not a big list, but I do have a do not call list. Debbie, I don't want to get off this subject yet because I'm curious about something. You were on that boat for three days. What were you doing for three? Because you're a very active person. You know, you had any more than eating. Were there things to read? Was there what? I mean, was there any communication with anybody other than the hour and a half you had with Cochran? What were you doing? Well, well, you're always surrounded by what I call your babysitters. You've mm-hmm. always got your camera crew. You know, you always have those right. people. And um, there was there was there was the ocean. So I was swimming in the ocean. I was swinging in my hammock. I had pillows. I had blankies. I was doing some some minimal yoga. Not my thing. My daughter's a yoga instructor too. So you know, swinging in a hammock. Drinking uh, lemongrass soda is not a bad way to pass the time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I think I'll have another cupcake. Or, yeah, it, it was, did they it was just, incredible. All right. Did they have the food? Did they ask you what you wanted, or they just had what you could have? It was just already there. They just kept replacing it. It was there, and it was everything. Anything you can imagine. Bread pastries, chicken, uh, salamis, cheeses, boatloads of soda, wine, crackers. Yeah. There was nothing lacking. Ice cream, but screw ice cream. I got, I think I had five full coolers, big coolers of food. Wow. Great. Apples, melons. I have to, sorry, Debbie, I have to, this is a good time for me to bring this in. So I'm not going to tell you yet who I talked with, but this particular person, I wanted a Debbie story from them. And this is somebody that you played with on one of these. Well, obviously, it was Game Changers, what I'm getting ready to tell you. What this person said was what stands out in their mind most about you was what stands out in my memory is during Game Changers, she was sent to Exile Island and came back and told us how horrible it was. No shelter, no flint. No machete, truly torture. She maintained this story so well that most of our cast, including me, didn't find out she spent that time on a boat gobbling goodies and talking to Cochran <laughs> until and until the episode aired. And this person said, my jaw was to the floor. I was gobsmacked. I had to find well, a bell. I, I don't so know if I ever knew. said it was torture. Yeah. But there was but, no but, machete, when, when right? I, <laughs> right? Yeah, correct. Where was the See, lie? Rob, right. Rob, yes. love you. Yes. That's right. He's right on. How was it? Well, yep. no fire, no flint, you know, no... True, true, what, true. No whatever. Yeah. No, uh, you know what I said? No rice. There was no rice, you guys. So I didn't really lie, but I told them what I didn't have. There was no shelter, really. Mm-hmm. I was out in the open on a boat, so there was That's no right, shelter. Right. I wasn't like, Absolutely. I didn't get a cabin. I was on the deck of the boat. Now, I had a hammock. I had blankets. 
I had pillows and it didn't rain. Mm -hmm. So I didn't actually lie, which is the funniest thing. You know, no fire. I had no fire. So, yep, Rob, you, you nailed it. <laughs> I, I actually didn't lie was the funny part. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about this, Debbie? Um, this other person I talked to said that they remembered a time that someone's shorts went missing after Scott and uh, Jason hid your tools and put out the fire. Yeah. Do you remember anything about that? They said, yeah, wonder why. Yeah, they, they took the oh. tools, so I took their shorts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no fun to be wet in long pants now, is it? So, um, <laughs> hey, back. I remember when Rupert swiped somebody's shoes and he says, Oh, you know shoes. what? I'm a pirate and gonna play like a pirate. But I would have never taken anything to actually put people in harm's way. And out there, you need everything you can get your hands on. And if you get those big giant clams, well, you're not going to pry them open with your freaking fingers. So you, tools are, are a necessity to survive when you're starving. And I'll tell you what, we were starving, starving in Cambodia. So um, when they did that, I thought, okay, well, what are they going to miss the most? Well, they're going to miss their shorts because it sucks wearing pants and it really sucks wearing pants in the water. So I told them, oh, you want to put the tools yeah. back? Your shorts will probably pop back up, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> Do you regret the vote against Ozzy? Do you regret using it was either still a vote or an extra vote? Because I think that's when Sarah and Sierra Dawn Thomas realized that you had a lot of power and that you needed to go. So after the fact, do you regret that? You know, I, well, in, in hindsight, you know, every, yes. But I would have done the same thing over because I didn't have, I had to say, do I want to build trust right here? Do I want to build trust? Because if I wouldn't have used that extra vote, we could have had a split vote. Mm -hmm. we, it, it would have been tied. So I played it for Ozzy, and that sent him home. And in my mind, I just showed these people, look, I trust you. You know, I, I did this so we there was no possibility that we could come up with a tie, and, and we're going to stay strong. Now, the way it turned out, you want to hang on to everything as long as you possibly can. And I get that, but I've seen way too many people go home with idols, mm -hmm. way too many. And I would rather play it and maybe not necessarily need it, but you're right. T-Bird, if I would have hung on to it and played it the next time I could have voted, you know, I, I would have stayed in the game. But by that time there was already a fracture in what I thought was a really tight alliance. And Got to watch them people playing both sides, you know, and the truth is you'll go nuts because everybody is talking to everybody going off and, you know, everybody's doing it. So how do you gauge whose side they're truly, truly on? That's the tricky part. That's the, that's the psychological part that, that gets you because you want to trust people. And Debbie, I've got a feeling you're this way. You want to trust people and then. I would imagine playing the second time with people, you know, like we've talked about earlier, would definitely be extremely difficult and challenging. More than playing with strangers, which I've mentioned before, right, Rob? Mm -hmm. Certainly. Yeah. Well, because you know, too, at, that everybody going into that game is strangers. So what came into play, I think, with Game Changers Huge was 
um, outside relationships, you know, people having met at fundraisers, charity events, et cetera, et cetera, literally becoming friends outside the game. So that was in play, which, uh, you know, Rob, just like you, I didn't take that aspect into account like Mm -hmm. you didn't being a returning player and being a big target. So you can try in life to think of everything that's possible. And what's going to happen is you're going to go that shit crazy like Bobby Fischer and wind up in Iceland. (laughs) When you look at Survivor, (laughs) it's even harder than chess because Bobby Fischer only had to play with the mindset and emotions of his opponent who was very clinically detached. When you play chess, you're playing like a robot in survivor. Mm -hmm. You have multiple people that you're trying to juggle and that's what'll make you go, you know, Mm -hmm. if you let it, yeah, that's where you'll lose it. Yeah. Look, the bottom line in survivor also comes down to luck and that nobody brings it up often off actually surprises me. Luck is a huge part of getting cast. It's a huge part of, you know, getting to the game, did your team win? Did they lose? Whatever. Does, you know, somebody on your tribe, do, do they, do you remind them of uh, the woman your husband left her for? Well, you know, you're out or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. something they just don't like about you. You were like the fifth grade teacher who picked on me or the fifth grade teacher who loved me. Luck is also a huge part of survivor of life. So Debbie. Yeah. And all in all though, with playing two times, what would you say it was a really positive experience for you? Cause I know a lot of people come out of it. Not so good. Would you say yours was positive? Yes, there is a, a girl. We, we are friends. She was a fan and she sought me out and she met me and, and then she, she wanted to, and she was very little at the time, maybe, maybe 10. And she said, did you feel like the chosen one? Wow. And I knew what she meant. She meant, did you feel special? Did you feel, you know, anointed somehow that you got to play? And I said, Lucy, and yes, Lucy, if you're listening, this is for you. You know, I did. I felt like I, I knew how many people applied. And for whatever reason, CBS had some faith in me. And I hope you two felt the same way. They saw something. Maybe they saw something Mm -hmm. you didn't even see. And CBS does not purposely try to make people look bad. Look, they couldn't have made me look like a jackass if I didn't do it all on my own. And I certainly gave them the ammunition. Um, But they don't. They're not out to eviscerate us. They feel like, you know, we are their kids. We are. We are their dysfunctional family to some degree. And it isn't CBS that's out there tearing us apart. But look, they, they did pick us. They picked you, Rob, twice. Mm-hmm. They picked you, Teresa. And you were on Mark Burnett's short list again, by the way. I happen to know that. Yeah. So did I feel special? So, Debbie. Yes. Did I yeah, that's so, have fun? Yeah. Yes. That's great. And, and Thank you, Lucy, for asking her that question. Because, Rob, remember Heidi, we did an interview with Heidi Hamels, 
um, from Amazon a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. she said the exact yeah, Rob saw her got naked. Oh, didn't I didn't see, see anything. I don't have that kind of peripheral oh, vision. Yeah. Oh, you have your eyes closed. Yeah. yeah, he's the only heterosexual man in America who closed his eyes. But <laughs> hey, buddy, I, I didn't want to fall off the okay. thing, Debbie. Okay, so Rob did not see Heidi naked. Okay, okay. So you interviewed Heidi, who Rob did not see mm-hmm. naked, and right, she had a bad. She said the experience. exact same thing that. Every single person they cast had something that made them special, whether they went off the first the first day or they made it to the end. So that is a perfect question. What Lucy asked you and was a great answer you gave her. Uh, hey, hold on a minute. Yeah, thank you. Got to ring my bell. That was that was the bell. <laughs> hey, um, okay. So Debbie, I told you earlier. I mentioned that I talked to, I reached out to some of your castmates and all of yeah. them. About just about all of them that I reached out to got right back to me, which, by the way, says a lot about you because I know these people are busy and they got right back to me. So, with that being said, we're going to play a little game. Are you called, ready for this, Debbie? What did I be am ready? Sure. Well, right, I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. The um. So the cast, the some of your uh, castmates that I talked to, I asked them to give me three adjectives to describe you. Three adjectives. So I want to see if you can guess who said what. And we'll get, we won't take too much time on it because I know you play twice, so you play with quite a few people. I'll give you some clues along the way. All right, this first person said zany, wild, and free. Zany, wild, and free. You played with them on Game Changers. I'll give you that clue. JT. Nope. Sierra Dawn. They, nope. And they played on Millennials versus Gen X was their first season. Uh, was it Zeke? Yep. It yeah. was Zeke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, next Zeke. one. <laughs> okay. The next one said loyal, dedicated, and fit. I'm going to go with Sierra this- Dawn on that one because me and her were loyal. Nope. You played with this Joe. particular person. Oh, co wrong. Joe. Yep. Ding, Joe. Ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next one said they described you as actually this one gave me four. Whoa. And, and basically they didn't want to they didn't want to stop there because there were so many, but eccentric, opinionated, cerebral. And lovable. I'm going to go with Neil the Ice Cream Man. Nope. And this particular player played with you on Game Changers. Sarah. Nope. And they played on One World. Sierra. Nope. Sierra Dawn. Nope. I bet Rob yes. knows. He, nope. he loves monkeys also. Yes, oh, I love Troy him. Zan. I love him. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yes. He's a good guy. Troy Zan. Yes, he had a lot. I talked to Troy Zan about 45 minutes about wow. you. So he loves you. He's a great guy. He's a great he guy. He put so much work all right. into now, all of these interviews. She does hours of research on everybody. All right, uh, so the next good. one. She's- yeah. I love this. I love it. I love it. All right. The next person also gave four adjectives and had to cut it short because there's so many to describe you. 
tough, multifaceted, interesting, and high energy. Tough, I'm going to go with Neil the ice cream pants. No, gosh, nope. <laughs> nope, not Neil the ice cream pants. Ty. Nope. Maybe another clue, T-Bird. Yeah. All right, all right. From Korong. Tough, multifaceted, interesting, and high energy. From Korong. Uh, How about Aubrey. this? The win- How about the winner of Korong? Oh. Oh, Michelle. Michelle, my girl. She's my belle. Okay. Yep. Michelle, your girl. Also, um, I talked to uh, Jeff Warner, Jeff Barner. Jeff Varner, and Jeff yeah. said that she is so unique. Tell her hi. I like her a lot. Okay, there yeah, you go. I, I love Jeff. I do. And and Zeke is actually the one that told the story about how he was gobsmacked, how you came back and never told anybody, and nobody knew anything about you being on the yacht until they saw it air. So that was from Zeke. And M- Michelle Fitzgerald was the one that told me the story about um, somebody's shorts going missing. Mm-hmm. So Michelle told me that yeah. story about you. So very cool. Yeah. I got a lot of, got a like lot of friends. Him. Yeah. And um, we really did form real relationships. And, you know, that's what's really hard. You go into battle, you go, you're active duty military. And, you know, my daughter often says, up, oh, going to grab a wingman. You know, that that's her family too. Mm-hmm. And you want that out there. And, you can't get it. So you have to play survivor like you would play chess. You really have to be a doctor who is clinically detached. And, you know, Sandra, she made that mistake. She even said it. I played with my heart. She gave that freaking idol to uh, Denise. Yeah. And Denise took yeah. her out. Yeah. And that Denise, I really admire her as a player. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, we've talked, Rob and I have talked about this before, and Sandra actually told me that she never, you know, Sandra's usually on her toes, but because they knew each other and going into the game, they had talked and had a pregame alliance, it never dawned on Sandra not to trust Denise. So I think, again, you want, you know, that's why playing with people that you know is so tricky because you still have to make, you know, balance it out on whether or not. I don't know, but you're right. You can that really was a good trust somebody. Debbie. Yeah, describing yep. yourself in three words is tough. tough like game. if I asked you guys right now, yeah, yeah, Rob, describe yourself in three words. Oh, uh, Debbie, where do I begin? Uh, smart, right. handsome, uh, and uh, I was going to say intelligent, but then that the was the same as smart. So I guess I'm I'm already out. Yeah, Debbie, you know, I know uh, how you describe yourself. Debbie, let's see. You already described yourself. You described yourself. Let's see. Relentless. I, I, I can't even say this word. I, I know I got the other word, but you call you said relentless, erudite, erudite, and Spartan. Oh yeah. Well, erudite well, is one of those words where you just read a whole pile of books and you have a vast lexicon and can say words like aficionado and know what they mean. So when when we were bad as kids. My mom made us read the dictionary. She was a huge reader. Mm -hmm. I read the 100 Greatest Children's Book. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, you know, from Treasure Island to Heidi, we we just read extensively. It's it's carried through to my kids. My oldest daughter is a librarian. To give you some idea of how much we like to read books, and I love to meet people from other countries and cultures, and 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 you know, how do they view us? How do they see America? I, I like to talk to people who love Roman history why I think the United States is unique throughout the history of the world. So can you tell us you that Debbie? Lose, well, yeah, it's, it's okay. We have to go back to the Greeks actually. And Leonidas at Thermopylae, when 300 Spartan warriors held off, they claim at least 10,000 Persians who were under the control of a dictator, uh, Xerxes. And, the Greeks believed in freedom, in democracy, in the common man having the ability to vote. So I don't believe in kings mm-hmm. or czars or dictators. And I believe that the best way to govern a body of people is for them to have a say in the governing. Mm-hmm. And for all its faults, I will take capitalism over communism, socialism, any ism, any other ism, any day, I believe when people get up and they work hard and they're kind and they're fair to the downtrodden, that's the best you can hope for on this highly flawed planet. Perfectly yeah. said. And that's what I try to be. Yeah. I try to be, you know, I, I see the trash guys coming and I take out sometimes cold sodas and sometimes cold beers and I tell them, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for taking away this trash, you know, and that's how we have to Debbie. treat each other. Yep. Yep. And in that game, so, in that volatile game where feelings get bruised, we all have egos. You have to walk away knowing, um, you know, at the end of the day, we were all playing a game to win and let's leave all that behind us and let's find what we shared that was good. And, you know, I, I love Aubrey, admire her. I love Sarah Lucina, and totally admire her. Two people that voted for me, voted me out of the game, but I get it. At the end of the day, it was a game. All right, so let me ask you this. I know you're, you're an actress, um, and I, like I told you, I talked to Troy Zan for quite some time, and he was telling me, and I know because I actually remember this during your season about you drinking the rum and the beer or not drinking the rum and the yeah. beer. Troy Zan's like, right. I don't know. I think she was drinking it. She seemed like she was drinking it, but she pulled it off. Beautifully. Were you drinking any of the rum and the beer? No, I just put it up to my lips. I, I'm not a teetotaler and I'm, I've never been an AA. I've just never liked alcohol. It, it just hits me instantly. And, and, you know, OH negative, it's actually a toxin. Alcohol is actually a poison. I don't want to put poison in my body. So I don't do drugs. I don't drink. But you just put it to your lips and pretend that you are. Because when you are the non-drinker and you're around people drinking, they try to force things on you. So you just act like you do it to go with the flow. But no, I, I don't drink just because I don't like it. So no, I wasn't. But it was okay because people were talking like crazy then, and mm-hmm. you've got to see, oh, that, wow, hey, you know what? It is Ozzy and Andrea that are super, super tight, and it is Cherie and um, Suri. I always pronounce mm-hmm. her name wrong. Forgive me. You know, she is really tight with 
Sarah more so than I thought. So that's where you get to see loose lips sink ships and alcohol brings out the blah, 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 blah. That was my, that was my thinking there. Yeah. True. That's true. Debbie, uh, I'm so glad that we got to catch up with you. I, I really wanted to talk to you during season 40 because I had an idea for a podcast. It was going to be called Wanner at War. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Wanner at War. Yeah. That's, that was my dream. But this well, was a close second to be able to catch up. We, would you ever come on and, and talk with me about an episode of Survivor during a season? Uh, absolutely. I, I know that it's, um, you know, life is very, very yes. busy for me. I feel like, oh, my God, you know, it's a whirlwind, but so does everybody else. So, um, yes, I, I would be honored. It's, uh, this has been a, a great deal of fun for me, and I appreciate you guys um, taking the time out to chat. Yeah. Debbie, I, I would love to know that if, if you were going to be a podcaster, what would you talk about? Would it be history? Animals? Well, I mean, am I podcasting about no, Survivor? No, well, please you know, don't put me out I mean, of business, no. Debbie. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, That's right. when, when I engage in conversations, you know, I always remember something, and that is, uh, you know, small minds talk about ideas and mediocre minds, they discuss current events, but, but, but big minds, they, they, they talk about, you know, things and, and concepts. And, you know, I just, I've got this imagination that just goes and goes. So I, I want to know, Hey, what do you love? What are you passionate about? What makes you want to hop out of bed in the morning? And, and I want to, I want to help people be kind, be kind to animals, small children in particular, those who cannot stand up for themselves. So I enjoy just discussing with people, these broad ideas and finding something in common so we can have a closer bond in the end, and hopefully we both come away better people. Okay. T-Bird, do you have anything else for Debbie? Yes, rapid fire. Oh, rapid fire. Okay, rapid go fire, okay. Debbie. Yes. Yes, okay. Yes. How, explain again how right. rapid fire works, T-Bird. All right, so Debbie, rapid fire. So I'm going to say, say two words, and then you just say the first one that applies to you. And if it doesn't apply okay. to you, don't put too much time into it. Just still yell it out. Whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Okay. okay. You're going to okay. say two words and then and then Debbie like, says right. the first thing that pops right. into her mind. Well, she's going to tell me which one. Which one. Okay. So let me give you an example. Okay. So, so I, well, I don't want to look at my notes because then I'll be using what I'm going to be saying. Okay. All right. So, Debbie, pencil or pen? Pistol or pencil, pen? Pencil. Pencil. <laughs> this rapid fire we is going to go too fast. Yeah. I was going to say, that's my southern <laughs> girl there. She's got a pistol. Pencil or pen? A pen. Yeah. And it's a Mont Blanc. Okay, there we go. So that was just an example. Okay, pistol or so pen. So if this type, pen, pen, pen. pencil or pen. <laughs> but if we, do, if, they, if we do this rapid fire the way we just did pencil or pen, we're going to be here a while. Okay. Okay, All right. so y'all ready? Are you ready, ready, Debbie? Are you ready? Ready. All right. Football, baseball. Baseball. What, what, what <laughs> yeah, T-Bird, can you just slow down a little bit when you say these? I, I believe she said football or baseball. Oh, you can't understand me? Baseball. Okay, Debbie. All right, we're start. All right. Football or baseball? Baseball. Beach, mountains. Beach. 
Pizza, steak. Pizza. Boots, heels. Boots. Running, yoga. Running. <laughs> roses, roses or daisies? Roses. City or country? Country. Fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Biography or history? Oh, both. I can't pick. Both. Both. Okay, same. both. Okay. Cats or dogs? Well, dogs, but cats are a close second. Okay. Old school, new school? I, 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 uh, both. I don't. It's all encompassing hot, hot. to me. Okay. Hot dogs, hamburgers? Neither. Wine or beer? Neither. Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful. This is very specific. Well, the bold and the Beautiful because yeah. I was on it. Oh. <laughs> there we go. There we go. What stage why you did that? Okay, last one. Kardashians or Duck Dynasty? Uh, neither. <laughs> Never. <Yeah. laughs> nails, uh, nails under my fingernails. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about your Bold and the Beautiful, being on Bold and the Beautiful. That is super cool. Yeah, well, I think that CBS started asking various people. I think it started with uh, maybe Joe. And uh, they just, you know, there was a couple of people that they had asked to go and do additional things. And they liked my, you know, the, the quixotic personality. It was a blast. It was, it was fun. Was anybody else from your season there with you or you were solo? That was just me. Whoa, I was an executive chef. Yes, and which is funny, I'm a terrible, terrible cook. The last one, one thing I definitely am not is a cook. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it was very cool. It was very cool. Yeah, that's neat, Debbie. So I mean, look at the things that have come. I mean, you were, you were, you had quite a resume before Survivor. So you know, you've just added more and more and more. So. At, at the young age of almost what fifty five, you said, I'm sure we've got a lot more yes. that we can expect from that we can expect from you. Plus, and Debbie, <laughs> guess what? Now, Debbie, I gotta go back and rewrite my intro because now I didn't know that you were a pianist, a violinist. You do yoga. I gotta add all that in. So where does it stop? Where no. does it stop? No, my daughter plays violin. My oldest daughter oh, plays violin, and my youngest daughter. The one that's in the Air Force is also a yoga instructor, but she's she's active duty military. So I play the piano and I play it badly. But whenever I hear Beethoven's fifth, coach just pops into my head. He just it, it I don't know what happened. It's like this weird, surreal thing. Um that's coach's theme song to me, mm -hmm. Beethoven's fifth. So no, I just like to tinker with the piano because I love music and I like classical music and so does coach. So um I carry a coach purse in his honor. Mm -hmm. Have you ever spoken <laughs> with coach? Never. Yes. Never. Nope. Never have. But I can admire him from afar. Yeah. And I do. Would you want an and, introduction um, to coach? Well, sure. Okay. Sure. I, I, you know, I'm not a creeper like a stalker. No, of course not. But I would tell him, 
that I liked the way he played. I, I liked um, his whole demeanor and personality, that it was self-deprecating and upbeat and just, uh, you know, friendly. And um, uh, he was very good TV and seems like a decent guy with, again, multifaceted in life that he really was a soccer coach, really is a conductor. And I, and I know he loved Bach, Beethoven, all the biggies that I, you know, thoroughly enjoy. And my biggest question for Coach probably would be, what do you think of Kate Bush? Hmm. Okay. That's my question. Okay. Rob, can you make this happen? Because you've kind of <laughs> yeah, got I, a I can certainly make an introduction. Okay, good. Because you've gotten my hopes up for Debbie. So I know you've gotten her hopes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So happy I think he can make it happen, Debbie. I think he can. Yeah. He knows people, Debbie. I know he knows sure. lots of people. Sure. Yeah, I well, have the feeling yeah. he knows just about all of us and probably is one of the best gauges of who we really are because, Rob, you really do. You take the time to get to know people. And um, I have to get going, you guys. I have a previous you engagement, it. but it has been Thank you. a blast. Yes. My pleasure. T-Bird, always a joy Debbie? to talk to you. Yes. Well, thank you so Debbie, much, I Debbie. Love you we appreciate it so much. Uh, check out at, at hey. Debbie Don Juan on Twitter. Yes, T-Bird. Debbie, I got to close it out. This is just one little paragraph that somebody said about you. It's really important. She said, Debbie is one of the fiercest souls I've met on Survivor and the most wildly empathetic. We've gone separate ways, but I've learned and grown as a result of my time with her and her unabashed willingness to be herself. I'll always hold a corner of my heart for that wild Scorpio in her humanity. That was from Aubrey Rocco Corong and uh, Game, you know Game when, Changers. When you said Scorpio, yeah. I knew it was from Aubrey. We are. Yeah, <laughs> that was yep, from yep. Aubrey. And the same goes. Yes. Okay. Right back at Debbie, you. Thank, thank you so much. Right, okay. Guys. Don't be a stranger. All right, Debbie. Very good, sir. Right. Thank you for your Take time. Care. Bye. Bye. Bye, Debbie. All right, T-Bird, there you have it. Debbie Wenner. Debbie Donato Wenner. Oh, God, that was great. Yes. That was great. She is, I admire her so, so much. She is, she seems just, she's so real. And like I said, you know, everybody I've talked to about her, they've all say these glowing things, yes. but her being so sympathetic, sympathetic and empathetic. She's a fun person people, to talk to. And you to. can tell from... From the things she said, that she says it and she lives it. Yes. And that is wonderful. Oh. That is absolutely wonderful. So anyway, yeah, that was great. Okay, so let's just see if you were paying attention. The only thing I've got for you now is, um, hold it, let me see here. Where'd it go? Okay. Um, in Debbie's intro, I named 17 multi-careers that Debbie has had. Can you name 10 of them? Um, okay. I know. Hold on, hold on. Let me get let me get my paper where I've got them so I can so I can mark them off as you say them. Okay. Where'd it go? All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's all. Okay, I'm ready. She's a caretaker. Ten. I named seven. Care yeah. Hold up. Yes. That was the last one I said. Good. <laughs> um, she's a model. She's an actress. Two. Hold it! I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to ring the bell and mark the page, and the bell's flying under the, yes. under the desk. Okay, right. 
That's three. That's three. Um, did you say that she is a uh, a captain? Yes, she's a civil air patrol captain. That's number four. Okay. Um, she is a historian. Did you say that? You, you, yep, historian, aficionado. Yes. One of the th- hey, one of the things you actually ask her about. That's just a clue. All right, that's five. You got five more to go. Um, hmm. Something I asked her about. Um, animal rescuer. Yes, dog rescuer. Yep. Okay. That's six. Musician. Come on, four for the win. Musician. What? Musician. Uh, I'm gonna give you that. I'm gonna give you that. I didn't have that in my intro, but we're gonna give you that. That's seven. Come on, three more for the win. She's a juggler. There, that's what you ask her about, the juggler. All right, that's a two more for the win. Two more. Don't let me down. Two more Debbie things. Um, she is uh, a uh, a hiker. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Super athlete. Super athlete. I'm yeah, I mean, that's that. not technically a job. Yeah. Workout, workout enthusiast, workout enthusiast. Yes. Okay, I'm going to give all that. I'm gonna, All right, um, so what's that? That's nine. Come on, one more for the win. One more for the win. Um, She is also a, I, I don't know, T-Bird. What would she be? She's on Survivor, so she would be a... Survivor? Reality, a reality mm. star. She's a reality star. I guess so. Well, I mean, I put it in there. Yeah. That was just in my intro. Yeah, I didn't think it was, okay. that it was one of good. her jobs. I, yeah, but there you go. All right, well, T-Bird. Well, I know, but hey, I had, I had to play it. I had to make it look good, so I had to, I was throwing in everything. Fine. Yeah, and she was very impressed you with, out, you, you, with you as well, T-Bird. Well, she's a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. Well, you know, I remember when I first, first time I ever talked to her, I d- actually did send her a message when they, um, the premiere of her show, because I right away... Just was just taken with her personality. And she did mention that she had watched Africa. And, and of course, she did tell us that she had watched all the seasons prior. And, I, you know, us being basically the same age group, you know, we had that in common. But anyway, mm-hmm. always thought a lot of, I've always thought a lot of her. And just watching her out there playing, just, she was a lot of fun. And again, reminded me of Nora in a great way because she just, you know, seemed to roll with it in fantastic shape. and. She just reminded me a lot of Nora. Yeah. So. Okay, T-Bird. Well, this was a another great one. You nailed it again. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> I had fun with all. I've had fun with all. All right, so Rob, let me just say this right now. You can't expect a home run every time I come to bat, okay? Okay. But let's just say right now, I'm going to try. But right now, we're three for three. Okay, yes. Yes. Right? With season two or three for three? Where do we go from here? Well, I don't know. That You tell me. I don't know. You t- uh, I'm sure I'll get a know. text from you in a couple yeah. days. You will. Yes. Absolutely. Keep, and I'm, I'm still writing down all the suggestions. Keep them coming. I, I'm, I'm working on them. I can tell you guys. I promise you I'm working on all the suggestions. And the great suggestions you're sending me are fantastic. Okay. So thank you for that. All right. T-Bird, great job once again. Thank you, Rob.
Yeah, we got a ton of great stuff coming up this week. Uh, we'll be back with uh, The Wiggle Room. We'll be covering Tough as Nails and much more on Rob Has a Podcast. It's the start of a new month. Great time to get on board. As a patron of Rob Has a Podcast, we're doing Patron Mafia Night, Patron Trivia Night, and much more with the patrons of Rob Has a Podcast and our patron community at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. T-Bird, thank you again so much. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.